Hey everyone, Rebecca Wilson here. Okay, if you're a producer or musician and ever wondered how to start getting your music into films, commercials, or stuff like that, you're gonna wanna listen to this episode. Today we have Amelia McCloskey on with us and she's been doing sync and music supervising work for over a decade. She's the founder and CEO of AM Licensing, and we talked about contracts, the do's and don'ts when you're trying to get an agent, and all the different levels of the industry. Plus, she just launched a terrific resource to educate those who are looking to get a sync agent and license their music. Amelia McCloskey came to us from her UK offices, and as always, thank you for listening. Hi, Amelia. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Hi. Hi. So you're in the UK and mm. you have quite an incredible story. Thank I you. mean, you're founder and CEO of AM Licensing. You have, you know, Music Supervisor of the Year nomination last year. You, you know, you started Ultimate Sync Access. I mean, we have so much to talk about. <laughs> yes. I also run a company called AM Studios as well. Oh, AM Studios. Okay. Well, I'll add that to the list. <laughs> So first, I just wanted to kick off how you started working. Were you, I saw that you were a vocal coach. Is that how you first connected to music? Yeah. So I started out actually as an artist myself, as a singer songwriter. And, you know, like many people that were in bands and had the dream of being a, an artist touring. Um, and then I soon discovered, and that's what I studied as well. Um, at music school I took a vocals course and I really thought that's what I wanted to do but I then soon learned I hated performing and I'm like this isn't this isn't going to be the route for me you have to love performing to be a singer right the thought of touring daunts me so um then I thought I wanted to be a songwriter and I did actually sign a publishing deal back in the day um but I didn't agree with the rights um, when an opportunity came along. I think it was with an artist with uh, a European major label. Um, and I should have gone for it, really, because I didn't actually end up doing anything <laughs> anything else with that deal. Um, and then it just kind of evolved from there. But I did. I, I went into vocal coaching after being, you know trying out as an artist so to speak sure and I did that for around 15 years so at one point then after vocal coaching you were doing A&R can you talk a little bit about that and then how you segued into your company of course yeah so after um vocal coaching I realized one thing that I was really good at from a really young age was networking. Um, but the thing I struggled with at the time was promoting myself. So I was just like, well, why don't I help other artists and develop them? Because I've already been doing all of that for myself anyway. Um, like I would be ringing up record labels and stuff at like 16 years old and, and pitching myself and getting myself publishing deals and things. And I'm like, but I hate having to sell myself, but why don't I do that for, for other artists instead? Because I'm good with the business side of it. I just don't like the pitching of myself. So yeah, that makes perfect I moved sense. into that. So I moved into developing artists, developing and managing them. And I had a hand in every single area from, you know, 
I would employ producers to work for me full time and I had my own recording studio um, in this lovely barn conversion um, surrounded by fields, it was beautiful. Um, and mm. so yeah, I had around six artists all under the age of like 25, <laughs> all female. Um, oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, depending what day. Um, no, but you know, it was great. I mean, I had a hand in writing with them, um, obviously coaching their vocals and the PR distribution. I mean, everything that goes into managing an artist. And it gave me a really great overview of the whole industry. And I did that for like alongside the vocal coaching and stuff for nearly 10 years, mm. um, which was a great basis of, of the industry. And in between that, like, before I moved into that, I actually worked out in LA for a bit when I was about 20, 21, um, at a recording studio. Um, and so, yeah, I've had, I've had a few different areas. I've been like a booking agent, booking gigs, like every, every area really. It's so impressive. Cause yeah, I mean, you really have a well-rounded look at the industry. It sounds like, yeah. um, I'd love for you to talk about a lot of our audience is, is a, uh, our first, you know, they're music makers, they're producers, they're also engineers. Mm. I'd love for you to talk about the sync world and what it is mm. and how people can monetize. Yeah, of course. So I moved into the sync world um, about, I think it was around six years ago. So it's not too long, um, but I moved into it when I was starting to want to just get involved into something else. Um, and I just really wanted to move past the artist management side of things. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know, really, I more just stumbled into it, really. Um, and I was like, I don't really know much about this area. But I know that they have music and films and TV shows. <laughs> One thing I know that I'm good at is music. So I'm just going to sign a whole ton of music. And then set up a business in it and just figure it out as I go. And that's literally what I did. And so I attended a few events and conferences and stuff um, and tried to learn all about it. And I, from then I, I literally just was networking because this whole industry, it doesn't matter what area you're in, it all involves networking. And eventually I, about after about a year, I think, I'm, I think it was about a year, a year and a half, I signed my first deal with mm. a Netflix series with a supervisor based in Mexico. And this was free tracks for a, yeah, for the, for the series. Um, but where I was still so novice, I didn't even really even know what like a licensing request was. <laughs> and stupidly as well, where I was still so novice, yeah. This was also down to a lack of common sense at the time. I left the contact details on <laughs> for the, I think the label whose track it belonged to, I left their contact details on when I pitched to the supervisor. So obviously the supervisor went direct to the label. Directly. I got cut out of the deal that was worth about $12,000. My, oh my first goodness. deal. And I didn't even see anything from it. I love stories so, like that, though. We all have them. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. We all make mistakes. 
I, w- I know. And I really, I really love that, uh, you know, that's that you just stepped into the world and started doing it on your own. I mean, that takes so much uh, courage and, and just gump. So bravo. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the industry itself and just define what sync work is, how people can get like, do you, mm-hmm. so a sync agent is somebody that has artists under them and they, what the process mm-hmm. is and what kinds of licensing deals mm-hmm. are out there? Of course, yeah. So a sync agent is basically um, a third party agent, so to speak, that is that bridges the gap between you and what's called the music supervisor. So the music supervisor is the person that is responsible for um, all anything to do with um, the music on a TV show, film or game anything media related they handle all the music Mm -hmm. side of things they are the ones that source the music they're the ones that clear all the rights and they are the holy grail of of sync licensing that everyone wants to get to um so the sync agents are an agent that acts on your behalf as a creative as a writer as an artist as a producer and so they're the ones that um, are the in-between that bridge the gap between you and the music supervisor. And they basically pitch your music to the music supervisors on your behalf for a percentage fee. <clears throat> and that percentage fee that they will take as commission can generally range from around, I would say, 25 to 50%, with 50%, you know, being, you know, the average really and they some take a publishing split as well some don't so there's lots of different types of variations of deals around and so yeah they they're the ones that already have the good relationships with the supervisors so it is worth having a sync agent on your side Hmm. and you can either sign a non-exclusive or an exclusive deal with them and there's benefits um pros and cons to each so with a non-exclusive deal is good because it can allow you to pitch the same song elsewhere and it, you can have it repped by other sync agents. But the downside is that you end up with multiple sync agents pitching the same song, which is like a no-no um, in the industry. And we're starting to see a lot of that. Um Another downside as well is that we have a lot of retitling going on. Sorry, go on. That's all right. What do you do when that happens? Say you pitched an artist that's a non-exclusive and then somebody else does. What does the music supervisor do in that situation or the sync agent do? Yeah, and this does happen. Um, Typically, it depends on the supervisor. Some supervisors will not work with either Hmm. they will reject both pitches because they've been pitched by two and it's just not good etiquette so to speak um others will maybe go with the the first person that sent it through um who sent it first um yeah and and others it could be based on who they have a better relationship with it can really, really vary. Um, but more and more supervisors are now really, you know, veering towards exclusivity. Um, they like to work with sync agents where 
they've only got exclusive deals with the people they represent and you can command higher fees that way as well and most major film studios when using music will not touch any non-exclusive um sync agents i see that's so enlightening and and you were just about to talk about retitling i'd love to hear about that yeah, so um, a lot of sync agents will um, either in the deal do a retitling, which is where they where there's so many versions of the same song with so many sync agents, they will change the title of the song, even though it's the same song. So say if you've got sync agent A, sync agent B with the same song that they both represent, but they both want to earn publishing <clears throat> off of any placements that they land they each want to earn from that so but you can only have one title under a pro with the song um so they would just change the title of the song but then you end up with multiple titles of the same song which can get really messy pretty quickly and it is again it's quite frowned upon that sounds like really messy yeah really messy and yeah. so um other things now that some sync agents are doing are having a publishing arm to their business where they act as, say, an admin, um, to be a pub admin to collect your your um, publishing on that and administer it, basically. Um, so there's different, there's, there's a few different types of deals going around. Um, so I, you know, my advice would just be to, you know, look at the contracts, get it read over if you're not too familiar with sync agent contracts and just, you know, get professional advice on that before proceeding, really. Sure. And if you want to get a sync agent as an artist, do you, what's the process like? You just reach out to an agent and then they tell you what to submit to them? A lot of the sync agents will have this on their website um one thing that i offer as well um for those that are looking into getting into sync licensing is i offer um beginner courses in sync that covers all of this um under my company ultimate sync access and for those that you know are looking to level up that have already landed some placements but most of the time they will say on their website how to submit, what they look for, and they're very specific with how you submit your music as well. And it really does pay to follow instructions because if sure. you get that wrong, a lot of them are not happy with that. So you've got to make sure that you pitch correctly because it's a very oversaturated market now. And there is a lot of competition. And so, you know, sync agents get multiple submissions every day so you've got to make sure that you know you stand the best chance to being represented sure and yeah following submission guidelines it creates the relationship from the get-go that's that's solid yeah um i'd love for you to talk about am licensing and mm -hmm. sort of that was six years ago you founded that yeah, I think it was around six years ago. The time just flies so fast. <laughs> I think it was six years ago, yeah. Oh my goodness, I, I feel this too. Could you talk a little bit about um, your work as a music supervisor? Then, So do you, you still do sync agent work or are you mainly a music soup now? Yeah, I'm mainly a music supervisor now. 
Um, I do still have a catalogue that I represent from when I started out as a sync agent and I do represent composers and I do have thousands of tracks still, but I'm not actively signing. Mm. Um, so I, I mainly work on a lot of supervision projects. So I'm working on one with Francesca Scorsese at the moment. Um, which is going to be premiering at Cannes, obviously, the surname. It is Martin Scorsese's daughter. Um, is that Fish Out so of Water? That's the current project I have going on at the moment. It is. Yes, yes. I saw that. Yeah. She was going. It, so it's I'm called ex- Fish Out of Water. Yes. And what, so as far as your role in that project, how did that job come to you and what are you doing? Yeah, so with that, again, it's all about connections. Um, I had a relationship with someone that knows her. And I do a lot of networking, always, always. And this is what this industry is about, no matter what area you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's how that came about. And they approached me to to supervise it. Um, And I provided the composer on that as well. And so we're nearly uh, at the point of wrapping up now. Um, and so, yeah, that will be premiering at Cannes. And quite excited for and that. And that's all yeah. original compositions for mm. it? Yeah. Or is there any pre-published work that's been licensed? No, we have got custom score, custom film score um, from the composer that I provided for it. Um, she's a fantastic female composer based in the States. And there is also licensed music as well um, mm. for the, for it too. So, yeah. So I'm currently just going through still the submissions for the licensed music. And then after that project um i'm literally off to toronto next month for two weeks to set up an office there because we're expanding into my company's expanding into toronto um so we're gonna have the head office in the uk and i've just partnered with a film company there um so i'm heading there to get everything set up there as well (laughs) so it's all going on yeah that congratulations on that that's such a huge move um thank you yeah, could you talk a little bit how you decided Canada and also I would love to know how contracts work with different size projects like international rights versus do you have an attorney that you're, how do all the contracts work are they standard boilerplate is it do you have to just curtail each one to each deal how does it all work Yeah, what kind of, it depends which kind of contracts for what kind of project. Um, Are you speaking in terms of, say, a music supervision contract or or a sync licensing contract? Um, Which area? Yeah, music supervision for, say, say something that's going to be a film that they don't know how big the distribution would be, or do they always know? And then what if it explodes? How does that work as far as compensation? Yeah, so it it really really varies, you know, um from project to project um in terms of say the terms of the contract because the budgets are very different too. Mm. And so 
say for festival type usage um, or festival type films that I work on, they don't know in terms of the distribution how that is going to go or what's going to be picked up or what kind of offers they're going to get. So a lot of the licenses and things, then everything has to be re-looked at if as and when it does get picked up for distribution um so i see so the contract gets further developed yeah depending and obviously you have clauses in there and things if that is the case if it does get picked up um because obviously (laughs) the terms and the budgets would have changed by then um and the x amount of sales and things so there's a lot that does go into it and so i do have a great lawyer um a lawyer that you know i I work with because i go through contracts all of the time um that i get advice on but i think where i've been in the industry for a little while now i get used to seeing you know similar kind of terms and things like that um but obviously say if it was you know, a major film with a major budget is going to be sure. very different from, say, a contract with the budgets of a of an indie film and the terms and, and things like that. Yeah. Sure. Can you tell us a little bit about the Canadian office and why you chose there and mm. how that's going to help? Yeah, so I chose Canada because... I love the people, I love the place. And so I'd been toying with the idea for a few years before I actually, you know, took the dive, so to speak. Um, I went to TIFF and before I went to TIFF last year, I had spoken to a lot of directors, editors, things like that. Um, and I was really scoping out the place. And so it was really a toss up between there and um, LA. Mm. But then I thought, you know, everyone heads for LA. Exactly. Um, no, yeah. Yeah. I really loved the vibe of Toronto. And so another thing also was the way that Toronto or Canada works even in like the different territories, the funding is different, even in the different territories there, which is very, very different to how, say, right. Well, the States don't really get that much funding for films and things, do they? Um, I was just talking to a Canadian artist and the grants, the grants that they're able to get and, and the medical allows for so much art to be made there versus in the United States where you're just struggling along. You know, a lot of Canadian artists are very supported there by the government. Yeah, they're really supported. Um, And they really support their own. They they really, really do, which is great. Um, not for others that, you know, on an international basis that wanna yeah. wanna work with and that was the issue. And um I, I had so much interest um working on projects, but it was it was the issue that I was having. And so I you know, I, I, I chose there and I also go to, I, I make my decisions strongly on gut instincts. I always have, and I really felt quite strongly about this and and about Toronto as a place. And so, yeah, by 
having you know an office there I could take on a lot more more projects within that area and so I'm trialing this I'm seeing how that goes um to then you know expand beyond um but a lot a lot has gone into it I mean I'm not saying it lightly it's you know it's been many a few sleepless nights um because I literally just launched another business at the same time and most normal people wouldn't do things like that because it doesn't make sense you focus on one thing at at a time but I don't know I just don't seem to do things like normal people and so I just decided it would be a good idea to launch two massive things at the same time so (laughs) but no I am excited by it and the second one is that the ultimate ultimate sync access.com is that the second one that you're talking sync access yes I set that one up because I noticed in the UK and Europe there wasn't really enough being offered to help those um wanting to branch out in sync um at any different level that any a creative was at within the sync industry we just didn't have that much at all and i spoke to quite a few different people who work from supervisors sync agents so on and they all agreed the same and and i saw you know this i'm involved in a lot of conferences in the states and you know you have um sync summit which is run by Mark, who's a good friend of mine, and you have a few others, and I'm like, there's so much support there for those looking to get into sync and education and things like that, and so I thought there needs to be something like this in the UK and Europe. So that's why I set it up to help bridge the gap between supervisor and creative, because so many I was hearing over the years everyone was saying the same thing. They're struggling to get the attention of music supervisors. And so I was just like, this needs to exist. Um, So I set up live pitching sessions where creatives, producers, labels, businesses, you know, all creatives could come and pitch their catalog for the supervisor's brief, um, which compensates for their time. And so enables them to be able to find new music just to help bridge that gap so that's working really really well um we've got some la sessions coming up this month so we've got joel c high who started the guild of music supervisors Ooh. he's tyler perry's go-to supervisor and we have julian drucker who works on like american horror story and mm. things like that and then last month we had a focus on uk supervisors which is great for those in the states who want to branch out into uk territories and vice versa um and so yeah we we got a different territory going on each month and it seems to be working out quite well and i offer courses for beginners and also intermediates for those who have already landed sync placements and want to level up and and the live pitches so and i also offer a subscription based membership for those that want to you know be part of a sync community receive music searches um guest live talks that we bring in from sync agents and and to be part of that community so it's only been going two months it's literally only two months, but already it's um it's doing pretty well for, for only two months. So I'm really, really pleased with that. And again, it's been a lot of sleepless nights 
I mean, I, I, I say it so freely, like, yeah, we got this going on, but trust me, yeah. behind the scenes, <laughs> it, oh it, it, it has been challenging at times for sure. So everybody, if you're interested and you have music, go to ultimatesyncaccess.com. And it is, I looked at it in the membership. There's, it's like a master class for the sync industry. There's so much on there that you can learn. Yeah, there's, we offer so many different types of <clears throat> packages and for all budgets as well. I wanted to make it accessible for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, anyone that's interested, my team can book a free, you know, consultation call with you to to go through where you're at in sync and give you some advice as well. So that's beautiful that you that it's quite a service and it's beautiful that yeah, you've gifted you. the industry and it's sort of win win for. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Um, I'd love for the last kind of bit of our conversation to just do a look back on any advice that you wish that you had gotten that you could impart to others about sync work or music supervising work or uh, just some insider sort of scoop that you Mm. could tell people who are thinking about getting into that career? Well, for a start, just double check your information when pitching music. (laughs) (laughs) If you're representing someone else, make sure you've got the right details on because, you know, I want to say something so profound and amazing advice but literally something as simple as that yes um even down to the emails you send out honestly i've received emails that um had other people's names on or they haven't got my name right they've called me amanda or america or emily um (laughs) nice names but not mine right it's literally even as simple as that or someone's just copy and pasted where they've reached out to quite a few and it's really obvious Mm -hmm. so do your homework you know research the people that you're reaching out to yes it takes longer but you'll get a lot more results and the more niche and specific you can be about that person that really shows you've done a lot of research on them it really does go a long way um, to show that you've taken that time um, to find out about them and find out what their needs are because supervisors will always have needs and they'll always have issues that they come across. If you can figure out what that issue is or that need is and you've got the resolution or solution to that, you're going to win every time. And that's in all, all industries. Mm-hmm. Um, just because as well as a creative industry is still a business. So I always think it's good to know about a little bit about business as well, because you're coming with a product essentially. And that product is music you are the product, you're offering a service. So you need to know the basics of business of how to brand yourself, how to pitch yourself, like how to stand up against the competition that's already out there. And a lot of people, this is where they fail because they just think, well, my music's good. Like mm-hmm. it's good enough. Right. Um, you know, I've got this, I, I, they're looking for that. And then they wonder why they're not getting anywhere. And I'm like, because it's more than that. So if you just have a bit of the basics of 
business basics of how to to present yourself how to network and things like that it really will help you to to get ahead and get professional feedback on the quality of your music you may think is good your mum your mum or dad may love it but <laughs> it doesn't mean that in a, on an industry level it is good enough or whether your mix is good enough or whether it's been mastered well or you know whether your vocals that, or the people that you're recording who are vocalists on your track are good enough or and on the brief if they're asking for a specific style don't pitch it just because it's your one chance to have that connection with the supervisor if you're lucky enough to get the brief read the brief like really read the brief and if they're asking for instrumentals don't pitch them something with vocals on mm -hmm. they haven't asked for it they're not interested it's just going to annoy them that's all such i could go on all day yeah i know but... i'm i'm really impressed <laughs> with all the practical all stuff day. yeah thank you so much and i guess the last thing mm -hmm. i was thinking about the last thing i always ask every guest is usually a record recommendation but for you i would like to ask um what is like a soundtrack that you just think is so mind-blowing or something in your genre that you could recommend people to listen to that you think was a really nice creative pairing do you know what the first soundtrack was i ever bought as a kid <clears throat> first soundtrack i ever bought the first what? album i ever bought this is actually going to make me sound quite cool now, was um, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Oh, my God. It's I, so Quentin good. Tarantino. Yeah, literally. I was like a kid and I was like, okay, well, I had like gr my mum's um, Grease uh, soundtrack playing on like a vinyl, but then I had my <laughs> Pulp Fiction soundtrack as well. Yeah. Um, that's the extremes of my music taste. But no, Quentin Tarantino. I love the part in that uh, where it's that super violent scene. And I think it's the Joker. I can't remember what the name of the song is, but it's such a brilliant use of score. Oh, and the Gary Glitter. Yes, thank you. It's that so good. That was, yeah. That is actually, thanks for mentioning that, because actually that was a real standout one for me as well. I thought that was not only PR gold, because it got people talking about it, because it was quite controversial, uh -huh. but there couldn't have been a better sync placement that so matched really? that scene that I was oh like, my God. oh my God, this is incredible. Like, what? genius <laughs> that is that is Such the moment that idea. i realized yeah that i realized tarantino was the genius was at the very moment when i when that whole scene went down with the cop and that song is playing it's just insane so uh amelia thank you so much for all of your time and uh advice it's been really great getting to understand i knew very little about the sync world the music soup world all that and uh congrats on the new office the new uh platform thank you and really you've lent so much to the industry i just want to applaud you as a woman just breaking out and just doing it thank you and i say that to anyone else like you know that have aspirations or want to set up a sync agent or want to go as a supervisor like sometimes 
we can we all suffer with that voice in the back of our head those little niggly doubts um or the procrastination to not go ahead and do something and that's why you've almost got a you will never feel fully ready when you want to go for something especially if it's something quite big or you in your mind you think it's quite big but you have just got to just go for it and figure it out as you go otherwise you never end up doing it and then two years have passed and you still haven't made a move (laughs) the hardest thing is actually just making the decision to do it yep and just going ahead with it well that's a great note to wrap on thank you so much for coming on the show today amelia Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Hey, are you looking for more audio related podcasts? Well, check out our friends at the Audio Podcast Alliance. To see all their podcasts, visit audiopodcast.org.